If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. Hello and welcome to the No Need for Prince Charming podcast. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by City Fertility. With a diverse range of sperm donors to choose from and no waiting time, City Fertility are ready to help you fulfill your dreams of growing your family, just like they helped me grow mine. Visit City Fertility today to learn more. So welcome to the podcast tonight, Megan. I would love to start by learning a little bit about you. How old are you? Where are you from? And who you were before you became a mum? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Alicia. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm Megan. I am, I've just turned 30 um, about a month ago. Um, you Yeah, a little bit. I don't feel all that young. I mean, in the old days, you know, people used to start their families much younger. But um, very, very true. we'll get into that a bit later. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I currently live in Ballarat, Victoria. It's about two hours out of Melbourne. Um, I was actually in Melbourne when I got pregnant um, and went through my uh, journey of uh, making Freddie. Um, I was a social worker. Uh, I was working at uh, in youth homelessness in the CBD. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that was, it was pretty full on. And um, uh, was um, before that I'd worked in... Uh, like Indigenous youth custody and a few things like that. Um, yeah, so did my degree at RMIT and um, originally from Tassie. Um, yeah. yeah, came to Melbourne 20, uh, 2012. And yeah, and then I decided um, I wanted to raise my family in a smaller town because I grew up in Hobart and I just sort of wanted that um, lifestyle for my kids, you know, that, that I'd had something a bit more similar rather than yeah, the big city life. So, yeah, yeah, here I am now with my six-month-old baby boy, um, Freddie. And so what led you to start your family on your own? Um, I think it's not like I sat down. I think like a lot of us, it's not like I sat down and thought, I really want to just actually have a baby on my own. Maybe some people do. But um, it just seemed like the most feasible way to to start a family. I... um. You know, I was one of those people. I always knew I wanted to have kids. I always knew I wanted to to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if if I had been able to 
control the fates. I would have, you know, liked to meet the right person, like I said, you know, at um, like 20 and start and family, you know, then I, but, um, but, you know, that obviously that doesn't happen for everyone. It didn't happen. I didn't meet the, the people I met, um, you know, some of the people I met, we were compatible, but they weren't ready and they weren't going to be ready for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't really want to get into a relationship with someone and be like, I'm just waiting for you to, to change, waiting for you to, you know, be ready for something like that's not really fair on them. Um, or, you know, or they didn't want kids at all or, you know, just, um, yeah, so all those things that have got to line up, they just weren't lining up for me and um you know I didn't really want to a lot of the guys I'd you know sort of been interested in they kind of oh yeah I might want kids like when I'm like 40 and it's like I I don't want to wait till I'm 40 you know it's nice that they have that luxury of time isn't it that we don't have yeah yeah I mean and there's women as well who aren't who you know don't want to have kids until they're later on in their 30s or something but I just felt like you know I felt ready and I mean, like you said, I know that you are saying that starting in your, I was in my late 20s, seems um, it's it's younger, uh, it's trending a bit younger for the SMC crowd, but it's not, it's not that young, you know, like I'm not, um, I wasn't 19, you know, I was 29 um, when I, when I got pregnant and I felt like, because I'd wanted a child for so long and I'd wanted a child so strongly that it actually felt to me like I've been waiting a long time um, yeah. and I didn't want to keep waiting um, and I, I, you know, and, and I had, I've had my twenties, like I had a lot of fun and a lot of life experience and I had my degree and everything. So it sort of just felt like, well, why wait? Um, and I think that I always assumed it would be really hard, like mm. uh, or really, really, really expensive. Um, I mean, cause obviously it's not cheap, but I think I was assuming something much more, you know, um, out of my reach, um, so when I looked into it oh, and I kind of realized that it was feasible, I was kind of like, oh, uh, like, oh, you know, I, I don't have to, you know, keep stuffing around with these men. Like I, I can just, I can have my baby. Yeah. It was kind of just full steam ahead. Yeah. Do you remember if there was like a certain moment where you're like, cool, I'm going to do this or that there's a little catalyst that said I'm going to explore um... what's involved? I'm not sure if I, I think probably I remember having a conversation with my mum about it and I was dating someone who was, you know, very incompatible for me, with me. Yeah. And I think that I was really having sort of the rose-coloured glass, like, no, you know, because I can, I can have <laughs> my family. And she was just like, you know, like there's these other options you know, just, you, are you sure you really want to do this with this person? It was like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that's an option. Yeah, like it was it was just around when COVID was starting um, yeah. when I sort of made the decision. Um, so that was, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, like I wouldn't say there was one moment, but once I sort of, yeah, I think that um, maybe, and I started to ring some of the um like the fertility companies and just get a rundown of costs. And when I sort of started to realize that, that it was achievable for me, I think, yeah, that's when it started to be, to feel really exciting and to feel like this is within my control. This is within my reach. You know, I can, I can achieve this. 
the mum yeah. was obviously very supportive from the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that probably influenced me as well. You know, um, my mum uh, had me um, and, you know, would have liked to have more kids but didn't meet the right person. And there's a lot of, you know, I know I've known a lot of women in that situation. And so I kind of was like, well, you know, I could wait around for the right person and they might come or they might not. And I don't want to find myself um, 10 years down the track, you know, um, in a much more, yeah, with with more challenges um, in terms of fertility or, yeah. So I guess that was something that as well it's motivated and why she was encouraging as well because she couldn't really say to me, oh, just wait, the right person will come along because sometimes it doesn't, you know. So you grew up with a, a single mum? Yeah, yeah, I did. So that helped um, you see probably how you could easily do it yourself too. Oh, I think definitely. There's there's a lot of single women in my in my family and you know, um and they all do really well and it's really normal and really happy families. Um, you know, I think that maybe for some people it might be harder to there might be more of like a feeling of um like a grief or something about not doing it the traditional way but I guess for me it's like that's really normal you know I grew up, I grew up um a very happy childhood and it didn't feel like like I guess because my parents they split before I was even born so I never I didn't go through a divorce or a you know a breakup or any of that messiness it was just it didn't feel like anything was missing um or broken it was just like this is just our family um so I guess yeah so I that probably made it e- easier for me to to feel like, yeah, I can, you know, I can have my child and this is our family and nothing's missing and nothing's broken. Yeah. Brilliant. So 29, you started treatment. Was that a quick um, thing or was well, it a actually, drawn Actually, I started treatment a bit earlier than that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I actually was, I was 29 when I had Freddie. I was 28 when I got pregnant. Um. I'm actually 20, I think I was 27 when I sort of started the ball rolling. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a lot of, there were a lot of inconveniences, like not necessarily fertility, but just stupid, annoying things, you know, like um, I got the flu and then a cycle was cancelled. And then, you know, when I got my COVID shot, the cycle was cancelled. And then it's like clinics closed for Christmas and just all these kinds of little things. Um, so it ended up taking a while. And then I had two cycles where, they were cancelled because I didn't grow a, a follicle. Um, okay. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really failed, but so it was just extra delays until I could finally actually have that first IUI. It was like about a year after I'd, you know, started the ball rolling. Um, and, yeah, so um, the second IUI was successful. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, which I was very, very happy about that um, because – I was hoping to not have to go through IVF, so I'm very grateful that it, that it worked um, on the second go. And did you have a medicated cycle? I did, yeah, yeah, because I had trouble growing a follicle even with some medication, so I actually had to give myself some shots, um, yeah, and the trigger shot and everything, um, yeah, which, it's, I mean, it's not as um, as bad as it sounds really. I found it, yeah, not too bad. Um yeah, once he was once he was conceived, you know, it was um 
like I was naughty and I was testing really early and I got a line really, yeah, on like the day nine and I was like, oh, you know, it's so early, like they're supposed to not even implant and because, you know, you go down these rabbit holes learning, mm-hmm. become like an a expert in um, in all this stuff. Yeah, so that was exciting and right from the get-go it was just high HCG and um, great heartbeat and he was really, yeah, great, strong, healthy um, uh, little guy and, yeah, um, pregnancy was not too bad, uh, you know, had some complaints here and there but overall, yeah, it was, was, was pretty good. And how did you find selecting your sperm donor? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. It's it's such a strange thing to be doing, isn't it? Like it's mm-hmm. so, like I feel like our primal brains are not, um, like it's hard to get my head around. But it's the idea that you, this person's impregnated you but you've never met them, you know. <laughs> um, it's freaky, yeah. Um, I, For me, I guess I kind of wanted to choose someone who I felt like was a bit similar to me maybe personality wise or just that I felt like there was something familiar or relatable in in their like personality um and maybe like someone you know that I might might get along with um might be friends with um and yeah um there weren't yeah like others have said there's there weren't a whole lot of choices because um for IUI, there's a lot less. So for IVF, mm-hmm. you can use any sperm donor um, because they're putting it in a little Petri dish and they're doing, like, all the hard work. Um, but for IUI, they need, like, the the best sperm, you know, the yeah. strongest, fastest. So that narrows it down a lot. And then it was really important to me to have some a local Victorian donor. Um, so that narrowed it down even more. Um, so, yeah, there weren't that many to choose from. At the end of the day, a lot of them, um, I, I think, I, yeah, I think I went for someone who seemed to have a little bit of an interest in the arts, yeah, because that's really important to me. You know, I run a, I run a little arts business now, and um, it's something that I'm really passionate about, and you know, so the donor that I chose, um, yeah, plays some instruments. He likes to dance. He can do salsa dance and tango dance. Um, and, yeah, he likes theatre and so, you know, all those things which just feels like I know that personality is probably not um, – we don't really know how much is inherited or – but it just it's just nice to think, you know, that it's – yeah. Could be some um, talent there and might be a future. Yeah, or if, you know, if my, if my little guy becomes – like a Broadway star, you know, that, and then he goes off to meet his donor. He's not going to be like, oh, that's lame. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, just someone that um, – I wanted someone that seemed like they had the right reasons for doing it, you know, and seemed um, like a, a nice person um, so that, you know, because at the end of the day that's what it's about is like one day your kid might go – might want to meet them um, and – you want that to be a positive experience for them. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, I think it seems like I chose the right one because I've got such a beautiful baby. Mm. Yeah. And were you living in Ballarat when you went through treatment or did you move there after? No. So I was actually, um, I was living in Melbourne at the time. Yeah. So that made it easier. So 
when it comes to time to um for number two, um yeah, I might have to travel in there. I'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah. but like it's not too far, luckily. Yeah. So how yeah. far along were you when you moved? Uh oh, I was so pregnant when I moved. Oh my goodness. I was like, yeah, I was like eight months along or something. Um, yeah, it was November and he was born in January, so Wow. Yeah, I was pretty big. Um and it was always the intention that you were going to move to a smaller town once you were successful. Or oh yeah, happen? I think that I think that I'd, we'd settled on Ballarat, say we, because I moved here with my mum. Oh, um, I was going to ask yeah. where she is in the picture. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we moved here together, um, and we've been really lucky to get a really great rental, and you know, um, it's really it's a really great town. So happy here. I think it's definitely the right place. Yeah, and I was about eight months pregnant um so that was interesting you know um in terms of the care that you received it was a bit um you know it's a bit disjointed because moving and changing halfway through but Mm. at the end of the day it worked out okay um it was a bit hard because it was a bit hard to sort of settle in um to the community because I was so tired um yeah you know and I was I was had quite bad anemia um toward the end of pregnancy and then I was meant to get an iron infusion but then I got COVID and it got delayed and I was just oh, could barely walk down the hallway but um yeah um so it was just I was just a bit like um isolated which that that's kind of a hard thing about moving yeah um mid-pregnancy because then you have the baby um and you know you're not really going out much and um so that that was a bit like a bit of a challenge, but it's um it's coming along definitely settling in now a lot better. Um, Did you end up with a good mothers group or something where you can meet some people? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Um, yeah, there's a nice mothers group, and I'm just actually all sorts of different social groups that I'm getting involved in now. So that's really that's really nice. You know, there's a there's a lot going on um in this little town. It's really great. There's a few um, solo mums there as well. I know that we've had yeah, some podcasts before. That, so have you managed to meet up with any of those? Yeah, yeah. So they have. I have met them with them a few times. I need to. We need to. Yeah, probably organise something again soon. I think it's been a little while. Um, that's a really nice, really great community. Yeah, and I've you know, like I said um, earlier, I've you know received some secondhand things. That was really awesome. You know, to get given like a high chair and a change table and. Um, beautiful yeah like a bunch of stuff it was really really nice it's a really nice um little community I think that yeah right now the weather's just it's really crap so I think when it's a bit nicer it'll be um it'll be good to go um to be going out playgrounds and meeting up and things yeah so you mentioned before thinking about number two already and then you'll have to go back to Melbourne (laughs) for it yeah is it possible to be baby crazy when you've already got a baby yeah. Are you thinking that you'll try and have them quite close together or? Um, yeah, I think so. I'd like to. I didn't, yeah, I, I grew up without siblings. I mean, I do have siblings, but, I, you know, I, I grew up without um, without them. So I think it would just, I think, yeah, it's really important to me um, for my son to have a sibling, um, especially as well. Like I think, you know, being donor conceived and being a single parent, family I think it's nice for them to have someone that shares that mm. um and someone to share the experience you know of, of 
if he wants to go and meet the, his donor or just, you know, just to come from the same place in the world, the same origins. Um, Have you thought anything about maybe making connections with donor siblings that he has? Oh, I would love to. Um, but, you know, all I, I've, I've put him on the, um, on the VATA register and um, mm. that's all we can really do for now um, is wait and see. I've been told that, um, like, that it's unlikely to really be able to get a lot of matches. Like, I've kind of been advised that, um, you know, that a lot of families aren't really interested in it. So, um, yeah. I, I think what I've heard, which I don't know if there's any basis to it or not, but if if it's a solo mum family, then they, you're really likely to, you know, be out there and try to yeah. make connections. But if it's potentially like a more traditional family and there's something wrong with dad's sperm, it's probably a lot later that the child's going to learn that their donor conceived, whereas ours will be from day one. Um, and then there's also, of course, there's like same-sex families who, yeah, as well. don't know. I don't know what where they're at in terms of um, reaching out. But, yeah, well, we'll wait and see. You never know. I think that would be exciting. Um, yeah, he actually, I, I did ask for a family audit and he's got one yeah. half-sibling out there, which I think that's so fascinating and I think that's so exciting. Only one already, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that the donor must have got snapped up really quickly because, um, yeah, because at the t- because there was only, there were, there were no other children when I first got pregnant and since having him, now you know, the family limits reached and there's one was one other baby. So I think, yeah, I think they do get snapped up really quickly, mm. um, which is interesting. Yeah. And so how was early life with a newborn? Is it what you thought it was going to be? Um, yeah, pretty much. I think I am incredibly lucky um, to have my mum uh, and, you know, the, the amount of support that she's been able to give um so I think in some ways it's been a bit easier for me you know because she's just able to help in in a lot of ways in some way people often ask oh how are you coping on your own like it must be really hard and in some ways I feel like it's it's I've got it easier than them because um you know that I'm sure there are some partners out there that are really great um there are some that are not, but they're they're also new parents who are like brand new learning the ropes. Whereas, you know, I've had my main support person kind of knows how to look after a baby, you know, and um Well, she got you to 30, so she must know something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she's looked after other babies and she actually was a nanny just oh. before I had him. Yeah. Oh, so she handy. Had a like a little refresher, you know, with a little newborn baby and everything. So yeah, um just you know, kind of had that that ease and that confidence and, you know, even in terms of some, you know, when I was really, really sleep deprived and she would like have him, you know, in her room for a night so I could just have a sleep, like that kind of thing. It just, oh, I mean, look, if I didn't have her around, I would just find a way to make it work because, I, you know, it's what I want. Um, it's what, you know, it's what I want more than anything is to, to have children. Um, but, oh, but goodness, I'm, I really am grateful that I do, you know, even now sometimes he wakes me up really early in the morning and a couple of nights, a couple of days in a row and it's like, oh, I just need to sleep in and, you know, I can bring him in and she can like 
take him and let me have that sleep in. Like it's just, it's so valuable. So I think that's made the early days a bit easier because I did have someone there. Um, that said, um, you know, just awe and wonder and it was yeah. just amazing. And it's like, I just, I just can't believe, I just, I can't believe how beautiful he is and I can't believe how wonderful he is. And I can't believe that he's really mine forever to keep. And, um, it's you so know. weird when they, they let you take them out of the hospital, isn't it? I it's know. like, you, you trust me? <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't believe that I happened to have the most beautiful, interesting baby in the whole ward, <laughs> you know. Um, and my mum said, what a coincidence. So did I. Oh, um, I think I might adopt your mum. She sounds like that. <laughs> Yeah, she's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, so the early days, even now, I just feel like, Obviously, baby, it's, you know, baby has a lot of needs and there, there's moments that are challenging and there's moments that feel overwhelming. But overall, it's just so, I just feel like this feels like too good to be true almost. Sometimes I feel like what's the catch? Like did this, you know, it, it almost feels like like too easy, like that I got the thing that I wanted, um, you know, after also spending a lot of time being like, oh, you know, it's so hard to find the right person and am I going to find them and am I ever going to have the family that I want to? So it's, I'm still, I think, yeah, in those early days to now, still just a lot of disbelief. And I mean, I, I want, you might have been asking more about the practicalities, but I guess that's, um, that's, that's, you know, I guess my overall impression, um, having a baby, just, yeah. So I wake up and I see him and I'm just like, you know, can't believe that, can't believe that he's got such a, such a good baby that's, you know, he's very happy these days. He's very good. Um, you know, he's just so thrilled all the time. Like every little thing he's like, just so happy about, um, it's nice. It's really nice. Well, mine's over three and I still have that feeling when I look at her and can't believe it's real. And then I'm so, yeah. so I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Like he's not the easiest baby, but he's definitely not the hardest baby, you know. So, yeah, no. I've been very lucky that, um, yeah, I've just I feel like just so incredibly lucky, you know, that for him to be overall healthy, not have any major hiccups, you know, and the breastfeeding's gone fairly smoothly, and um, he's just yeah, leaps and bounds and. Yeah. And so mum's fully on board with you having number two as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think she agrees with me that it's it's nice um, for him to have someone that shares that experience of being donor-conceived and to share that, you know, that genetic background as well. I think that'd be really nice. And just to be able to do all those things together, you know, um, while I did, you know, like I said, I had a happy childhood, but as an only child, there were just some things I just um, – you know, like playing a board game, it would have been nice to have a sibling. There's just some things that would just be nice to have a sibling, you know, to go um, go on roller coasters together. I don't know, you know, like just um, – I had to go on the roller coasters things. by myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or you only child I'm an only child yeah. too, yeah. Um, so those kinds of things, you know, and even just playing a board game, it's not as good with two people, you know. Um, you need you need three people at least. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Def she definitely agrees um, that it'll be good 
I mean, she had grew up with, um, you know, three siblings. So, yeah, it's different, different experience. So I think, yeah, it's good. Yeah, she's on board. Um, people are really surprised. Oh, you want to have another one? Like, it's like it's funny because it's like, well, I wanted to have the first one, you know. Um, yeah. Has everyone been really supportive of you doing this alone? Have you had any weird reactions from anyone? Um, no, no weird reactions. Yeah, I, overwhelmingly positive, um, which I think, yeah, like mo a lot of people say, tend to say that it's more just curiosity. People are very curious. Um, people have some funny ideas, like um, when you tell them how it works. Um, I had this one friend and I think he kind of thought that um, – you don't get to know anything about your donor, like it's just a lucky dip. So yes. he was like, wow, just pregnant by someone you don't know who it is, you know, your baby could come out and be like half Nigerian or something. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you do get to know like a little bit, you know, you get to read a little bit about them. And, and when I told him, you know, when he was like, oh, well, you get to use the same one for the, a lot of people ask, do you get to use the same donor if you have another right. kid? And they're really surprised that you can. Which is funny because, you know, it's, yeah, why, why wouldn't you But um, be able to? But, yeah, over, overall pretty positive. Um, I do get people say, like a few people said, you know, don't you, are you sure you don't want to wait a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, even my, my fertility doctor said that, you know, you, like I was 28 when I started. He was like, well, you, you know, you're very young. You could, are you sure you don't want to wait and see if you meet someone? Um, so... Yeah, and, I've, you know, there's always the people who sort of, there's some people who don't really understand um, why you want to have a baby in the first place, true. partnered yeah. or not. So, yeah, I've had a few of those like, oh, you want to have a baby, why? <laughs> um, that's fine, you know, like I think it's good that, it's good that we're going into a sort of day and age when people are, have, you know, entering parenthood really intentionally. Um, more so rather than just because it's what's expected of them um, but it's also more difficult because you know all the guys out there don't want to have baby till they're 40 and um, you know it, it can be harder to find the right person let alone the right person wants to have a kid with you um, so yeah that was um, yeah mostly mostly positive yeah um, and if you look back now is there anything you wish you'd done differently on your journey to get pretty um not really you know uh yeah not really um hmm no I can't really say that that there would be I think it all worked out um it all worked out really well I was actually going to start you know even a little bit earlier but um then COVID happened and um I wasn't really oh, was not was not enjoying Melbourne and the lockdown, so I left and yeah, no. <laughs> traveled the I traveled the Northern Territory for you know a little while for a year. Oh, wow. You know, I'm I'm really glad that I did all that um, before I had him. I'm glad that I've done things that I've done. Um, yeah, no, I, there's nothing. I feel like you know it must be the right donor because he's just such a great baby and. Obviously, he's and he's the right baby for me. Um, I feel like I looked at every single option. Um, you know, like I I looked at adoption um, because I think 
you know, like a lot of people, you go, you think, oh, well, there's kids out there that need homes, and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I know, it's um, it's not very, really. <laughs> very, <laughs> so no, there's not, and it's also it's very difficult and it, uh, really not feasible, um, yeah, and I mean, because I didn't feel like I have to have a kid that's biologically related to me. I felt like I could love and bond with, you know, um, any child, and it wouldn't. Um, so that was actually the first thing that I looked at. Um, realized that that that's just not going to be an option. Apart um, from not being many children available, I've heard it's actually really hard as a solo woman as well. Well, yeah, it's, it's actually not legal in Victoria oh, for a single legal. person. Yeah, to adopt. Okay. So that just leaves um, overseas, which is really grueling, you know, process with a lot of uncertainty and, um, you know, um, oh, and really, really expensive uh, out of, out of my financial reach. Um, so it was this ended up being, you know, the easiest, especially, yeah. you know, being my age and having fertility being, you know, so no, there's nothing I'd really do differently. I'm really, um, I'm really happy with with the way that it has all worked out. Um, yeah, and look, even if I met the partner of my dreams tomorrow, like I still think, you know, I'm still happy that I, you know, that I did this um, because I feel like it's not an either or. You know, it's not, it's not. They're not mutually exclusive. Like you can still. You know, you can still meet a partner, and if it is really the right person, they'll understand, um, yeah. and they'll appreciate your journey. Um, so yeah, there's that cool quote that I like. That's you can find true love at any age, but there's an age limit on becoming a mother. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I started having read, um, when I was first started that that exploring information stage. And I was reading a lot of people's stories and a lot of them were trending a little bit older. Um, and I was reading a lot of really quite sad stories, like quite, yeah. you know, people going through a lot, um, you know, a lot more grueling fertility treatments, a lot more uncertainty, a lot more financial costs, and sometimes not even ending up with, with the baby. And it's just, it's really heartbreaking. And I thought not like that just cemented it for me. It's like, not like I don't want to wait, you know, I don't want that to be me. Mm. Um, I'm not that much of a super romantic person, you know, that I'll hold off a little bit longer to meet the right person. Um, so it's, it's sad, but it's almost like because of that, that, that motivated me to be like, no, you know, it's, I don't want to wait. Um, yeah. And I don't, and I'd rather spend my thirties with my kids, you know? Yes. Um, it's more time that I get to spend with them. People say, oh, didn't you want to wait like a little bit longer? And it's like to do what, you know, like work, go clubbing, like oh, not all that, you know, I want to spend it with my kids. Um, and that's, you know, that's just me. That's not every, everything's different things are different, are right for different people. I felt very ready and everyone's ready at, at different times. And yeah, like I said, in the old days, people used to just, you know, it was the, the societal norm that you'd meet someone, you'd get married at like 20, you know, you'd buy a house on your single income um, and, you'd, and you'd have like four or five kids, but that's just not how things work anymore. Um, it's not how things happen anymore. So, yeah, we have to look at what options are available. Just interrupting this episode for a quick word from our sponsors. 
Not only have City Fertility sponsored this episode, they are also extending a very generous 20% off discount for all of my listeners. That's 20% off IUI, IVF, ICSI, as well as six months complimentary egg, sperm and embryo storage. If you're just starting out or about to undergo treatment to make your baby dreams come true, head to the show notes for my discount code and a link to their website for more information. And how do you think becoming a mother has changed you as a woman? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think it's like you have this kind of vulnerability now because nothing else has ever mattered as much. Um, you know, um, like I've never had something before that it mattered so much if I were, were to lose it. Yeah. Um, so that's really strange. It's almost like you become more vulnerable because you've got this great love. And because you've got this, like, you know, if something, even if something upsets him, like it hurts me, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's almost like, yeah, I, I don't know even how to describe it. Like there's like, you've got a, you know, a weak spot now that um, just because, um, yeah, something that matters so much in your life. I think um, overall I'm, I'm happier. I'm motivated to grow. I'm like, I'm more motivated to, um, you know, improve myself like mentally and emotionally. And even, you know, if I have like, like negative thoughts or something, I'm more motivated to sort of try and, um, you know, try and put us like stop them and, and think in a more healthier way. Um, because it's like, well, I don't want to pass anything, you know, negative or toxic onto, onto him. So things like that, like it improves you psychologically or for me you know and um yeah so it's that definitely it's you know it's just it motivates me to be healthier and happier and and better version of myself um yeah and I think yeah that's that's probably the two main ways in a lot of ways I feel like it's made it's made me better in terms of like um, you know, I used to have a lot of sort of anxieties and mm -hmm. things that I don't so much anymore because, you know, like I'm just focused on his needs. I'm focused on him. It's like a distraction in a good way that, you know, I can't spend as much and I don't have that mental space just to be worrying about silly little things yeah. Um, yeah. anymore. So that's, that's really positive. Um and just the future, just the future is all like so exciting now. Like it's still, the future is always unknown and you never know what's, what it's going to look like. But I know that um, it's going to have him in it and growing and changing and learning who he is. So it's like, there's, you know, it's what, whatever it looks like, it's just really exciting. I've got that, that future anticipation that, you know, I'm so pumped for like the next, you know, rest of my life. Um, but, you know, even the next 5, 10, 18 years, um, yeah. That sounds like a pretty awesome way that it's changed you. Yeah, I reckon I'd say so. It's just like that missing piece, you know. I feel like just more whole, like whole and complete because it was just like I always wanted this thing. Um, and people say like, oh, how are, you, how are you coping with having a baby? And like I understand why they ask. But it's kind of like I feel like coping isn't the right word. Like I coped with not having a baby, yeah. you know. Um, that was like harder because it was like I just wish I had a baby. 
um I mean now I've got one so it's like yeah it's um I've like I've reached my final stage you know like a fully evolved Pokemon (laughs) I love that yeah I'm now fully evolved Pokemon yeah yeah my come into my like my full self and are you planning on going back to work anytime soon? Um, well, I I'm trying to get this business off the ground, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so, an entrepreneur. Love them. Yeah. So because I'm a social worker by um uh training and that was what my experience was in. Um and I I like social work. Um like it's it's fairly fulfilling as far as, you know, the grind goes, but I sort of wanted to be doing something in the arts as well uh, because, you know, that's also a really important part of my life. Um, uh, and, I'm, you know, I've studied arts and I'm a, I'm a musician and I've, you know, got a background in theatre and played gigs and stuff. Awesome. So, And I really wanted to be, you know, um, combining the two um, and giving back to the community um, through the arts in some way. So we've started this business, I say we, um, my mum does the books. I do, um, uh, like the I, I run workshops for people engaged in social services. Oh, cool! Um, just trying to build those connections. So I we we make connections with um, social services orgs. I'm trying to get that happening because I feel like I feel like it will be a lot more flexible. Um, and I'd rather not put um have to go back to work if I can help it. You know, I'd rather have that flexibility, even just in terms of, like, when do I get up and when do I go out and when I do things. And um, so we're we're really putting our all into that at the moment um, and hoping that it can get up and running enough to, to be, like, enough income to live on. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so that that's plan A. Um, and if that happens... Yeah, but if it like if it doesn't work out, then I would look at going back to work. But I'm I'm not in a rush, yeah. you know. Um, I'm happy to live frugally. I mean, not to, I don't know how much to get into the detail of money, but you know, I'm I'm okay on the on Centrelink. Um, you know, it's worth it to me to like be home with um with Freddie, mm-hmm. um, until they make me go get a job and make him go to school. <laughs> um now I'll just have another one <laughs> uh, um but yeah so that's the plan the plan is to get the business up and running so we can have that flexibility um yeah especially while he's little um uh, because I mean I'm sure that daycare could be great um but it's like so daunting the idea of yeah having to having to leave yeah having to put him in in a daycare and find a daycare that works you know um yeah, but also just because I feel like it's more fulfilling. So I'm already working a little bit here and there, you know. So I've just, um, I've been working with some families um, through a local uh, org of women's services. So that's been really fun, you know, working with some some kids doing crafts. And I've just gone into the um, aged care facility the other day to do some singing, singing group um, awesome. with the oldies. That was fun. So, yeah, it's it's picking up. Um yeah, if you're listening and you run a social services org in the western region, you know, hit me up and up. we'll talk. Yeah. 
yeah I guess that's a good thing about being a small community as well it's easy to build those relationships and hopefully get your name out there so it'll really take off and yeah yeah work out as you planned would be brilliant it's definitely um working out a lot better in Ballarat I think just it's easier to build those connections um yeah it's a different kind of culture than it was in Melbourne it was a bit um it was a bit rough and you know especially with having everyone all gone through the lockdowns and everything and so if anyone is listening and they're wondering whether this is the right journey for them what advice would you give them um look I'd say it's not as um yeah I'd say I'd say go for it I mean look only you can decide what's right for you you know I think people know in their heart like um yeah what's right for them and you know at the end of the day um yeah like I can't I can't tell other people you know if that's right for them but I'd say you know it's 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 doable and a lot of us do it and it's not it's not that weird and it's not that out there and it's um, not anymore no it's not I don't even think it's gonna that much harder like because like I said there are some partners out there that are really great um and there are some that that aren't um and you know it's you could very well have a beautiful baby and if you you know if you you, that's what you really really want and you've really wanted a baby um a child of your own um you know it will and you really feel like that's what you want to be fulfilled and you probably will I mean for me it's it hasn't disappointed like I say that much you know it hasn't like he's everything that I that I could have dreamed of um so it's worth it like you know it's it's worth it um at the end of it when you do um get your child and I'd also say you know don't don't worry so much like I you know I I think I worried about people having negative reactions and no one did um and I even worried I was really neurotic about fertility aspect of it um and my doctor was like oh, what do you stop, you know, stop, you don't need to take this and do that and, you know, it's fine, we'll get you pregnant. But, and I was almost sceptical because he was so, um, you know, kind of blasé about it and just very, you know. Probably confident. excited he got to treat someone under 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was all like, I was, you know, the neurotic one. So I'd say, yeah, like. I'd say if you think, you know, you, you don't need to wait um, just for some arbitrary reason. If you feel ready, um, you know, um, you don't need to wait just because it's um, other people say, oh, why don't you wait a little bit? Um, yeah, because I'm really enjoying, um, I'm really enjoying motherhood. Um, and yeah, you know what's right for you. Um and, and go for it and it's a great community um to be part of um yeah I guess that's that's my advice well that sounds like some pretty great advice and I'm just looking forward to seeing if number two comes along in the future and hopefully yeah. the business and everything else works out and you get really do get the life that you've dreamed of for you and the boys well, yeah I know I keep imagining that it'll be another boy as well I know I know yeah yeah. I'm very happy to have a girl, but I, yeah, now that I've got a boy, I can only picture another boy. Hey. Yeah. I wonder if really I'm psychic. We'll find out in a few years' time, maybe. We'll find out, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story tonight, Megan. No worries. Thanks for having me.
I'm Alicia, and this is the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, bringing you stories of Australian solo mums who created their own happy ending. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, and leave a like, a review, or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.